King Wolf Creative presents Pints and Putts, a podcast for golfers and craft beer lovers. Hosted by Burke Cullinane and Justin Bedard. This is Pints and Putts. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Pints and Putts. We have... Josh Carney and Jordan Gosler from Manchester Country Club, assistant pro and head pro. How's it going, guys? Good, good. How you guys doing? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming. I mean, you guys are like you're, you're our boys, you know, representing Absolutely. Manchester oh, yeah. here. Absolutely, yep, yeah. Yep. We uh, we obviously follow the podcast, and uh, you know, we've been a part of some of your videos. So, yep. happy to do it, guys. Thanks for having us. It's great. Much appreciated. Yeah, man. it's been a pleasure. I mean, uh, doing that one episode of. Um, was it the uh, was the hole in three one? Club, that's uh, all that matters. Three, well, that's Just all that matters. Was the yeah. hole in one? But <laughs> a little three club challenge there. That was a blast doing that. Uh, so yeah, it's great to be here again. Thanks, guys. No, Do you mind? Oh, go ahead. Good. No, this is something that I think we've been talking about doing something kind of more long form for literally probably six to eight months now, <laughs> and I'm finally glad that we're to the point where we're having these conversations that we've been talking about having. Um, do you guys mind introducing yourselves to some of the people who? probably don't know who you guys are sure yeah i'll, I'll start uh i'm the director of golf at manchester country club my name is jordan gosler i was at manchester for you know nine years as the assistant professional and then uh, i actually moved on from manchester for a couple years and then lucky enough got to come back and be the director of golf this past year unfortunately during covid but uh, i'm back there doing uh being the director of golf at manchester so obviously life is good now so it's uh, it's nice to be back yeah, uh, so I'm Josh Carney, and I'm the assistant professional at Manchester Country Club. I've been there, I think this might be my ninth or tenth year. Uh, I worked under Jordan for, oh God, what was it, maybe six, seven I think years? So six or seven, give yeah. Or take. And yep. then uh, he came back and uh, took over as a director of golf, and I stayed. Uh, and it's been a pleasure working with him. Uh, it's been a blast. You know, we always click to begin with when uh, he was there before. So it's, a lot it's great of fun. to have him back there again. So Jordan, it must have been like cool for you to to watch Josh kind of grow up and grow into the role that he has now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, you know, Josh and I when we came in, you know, young pros, kind of learning the system, trying to figure it out, you know. And then uh, as we go kind of through the years, you can see, you know, you just kind of grow each year and start to learn different things and handle different situations a little bit better and. Uh, I, you know, I know, like I said, we've, Josh and I work side by side. We, you know, we spend a lot of hours together every single day during the year. So an understatement. So (laughs) yeah, you know, from kind of from day one till like what he's doing now, it's a huge jump. And, uh, obviously I'm kind of proud of him because he worked under me for a while, but, uh, like he's come a long way. He's doing a great job. So I'm happy that he's still with me, you know, MCC, which is great. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's been great. I I got no complaints. It's been awesome being there. Uh, been great working alongside Jordan, um, it's been fun. Uh, you know, everybody kind of wonders, you know, what it's like being a professional. Um, you know, there's some things that don't get talked about much, you know, the long hours, you know, you, the family gatherings on the holidays. But then again, it's kind of nice because, you know, you're not having to go to the barbecue <laughs> that you're obligated to go to. So it's like, oh, hey, hon, can you go? Uh, no, no, there's some golf tournament that we got going on. So I won't make it till like six o'clock or something. So, but it's been great. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Uh, and, you know, the best part is it's being able to play golf, too. So um, it's been fun. Him and I uh, tagged up a couple times last year, and it, that was a blast of a few of those times. We had some uh, good uh, we runs did, at it. We had some good success together. That was yeah. good. <laughs> it was nice, you know. Yep. It was a lot of fun. So, I mean, that's why you get into golf, right? You love the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all about building those relationships and the game, you know, that you love and doing it. And it shows – with you guys at Manchester, with the dynamic that you guys have going on, anyone can walk into the pro shop, the clubhouse, anything there, and feel right at home and know that they can talk to anyone in there about anything, which is awesome because, you know, that's something that we've talked about is it can be intimidating to get into the game and it can be intimidating to walk into a pro shop sometimes if you're not a, if you're the average golfer. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, with that statement, um, you know, that's one of the downfalls with golf, and I think that stigma is always there, and hopefully it won't be there. I think it's getting better as we see. I mean, you look at the pro tour, you, you see some of the guys now, I mean, they're wearing hoodies. 
playing golf. Yeah. yeah. That um, has come up like every episode. Yeah, every episode. And, I believe it. You know, yeah. I believe it. Yep. It's always been tough, I think, getting over that, you know, where people think, you know, I would say probably the main stigma has been it's a rich person sport and you're very stuck up and if you're not part of that crowd, you're not going to get along at a club. Um, you know, fortunately for us, you know, at Manchester, we have a great dynamic there. Mm-hmm. A- a- everybody much so. pretty much gets along. I mean, you're talking, you may have, if that, maybe a handful of people that don't really get along with anybody, but that's anywhere you go. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, there's somebody you can click with there, you'll get along with. There's more than enough people. Um, but, yeah, it's that's always been the thing. It's a fearful thing. I mean, especially when we as professionals, we look at growing the game, the hardest part, juniors and women and women are very intimidated by that atmosphere and can you blame them no not really um and that's something you know we always try to tell them hey don't worry about we all started somewhere you know Mm -hmm. we all started barely being able to get the ball off the ground i mean we'd swing and miss and it's you know it's what happens when you start out so you you can't be fearful of that and that's hopefully you know as the game keeps progressing over the years that you know we can get rid of that stigma for nice. sure yeah i mean just to kind of add on that obviously there's a ton of programs now to introduce juniors women seniors men doesn't matter to to the game of golf right so whether that's teaching programs clinics um you know, just little tournaments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. just to get people involved in the game. And obviously that you can see that's turned a corner. There, there's a lot more women and juniors and, and everybody playing golf at, at this point, which is great. That's what you want. That, you know, you, you want everybody in the game. You know, golf took a dive for a while and then it came back to life and it's now booming, you know, obviously, uh, you know, partly in, because of the pandemic, but it's now kind of, you know, back to where we like to like to see it, you know, which is which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. So something that we like to do on this show um, is a little segment called Pint Breaker, um, where we're going to ask you some questions and get to know you. Sure. Uh, this week's episode, this week's segment of Pint Breaker is brought to you by Backy's Brewing Company. Backy's. I'm assuming we can crack these. Yeah, we can absolutely crack these. Oh, Everyone Beautiful. can crack them right in front of you. I'm going to be his hype man while he does this. Yeah. Sponsor. So uh, Backy's is an award-winning brewery that was founded in 2012 by cousins Tony Karlowitz and Edward Fabricki. Um, the brewery is located in Bloomfield, for those of you that don't know, and they distribute through Connecticut and Western Massachusetts. Last year, Backy's produced over 7,000 barrels of beer, and they're committed to the artistry and crafting, artistry of crafting beer by blending tradition, creativity, and boldness to produce an unmatched selection of local brews. And you can see that with this beer in particular that we're going to be drinking today is called Recaltra. It is one of their award-winning beers. Um, it was rated, what was it rated? The 21st best IPA by Draft Magazine. We're just taking some pictures of it while we're here. Awesome. Um, mm. So this is this is brewed with Raquel and Citra hops. I thought you said a cow. A cow, yeah, a cow and Citra hops. <laughs> Raquel, <laughs> and hopefully that's correct. Um, Don't worry, I would have butchered that. Yeah, so right. I thought not, it was Raquel, but Raquel. I know that the beer is called Raquel. Yeah. Hops. We're nice. out on that one. Mm. But this is uh, packed with pineapple and tropical fruit characteristics. Take a drink of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Mm. Oh, that so is very juicy. This is this yeah, is that's... like the staff favorite of IPAs over at Back East. Really? Is it really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, what's cool about it, you know, they have some other beers, Ice Cream Man, Double Scoop, that are a little bit harder to get. You can pretty much always get Recautra either at the brewery or any of their the liquor stores, area liquor stores that carry back east. It's awesome. <clears throat> but yeah, so we are gonna um, transition over yeah. into this pint breaker yeah. segment. Pint breaker. So we got Beautiful. A, we got a list of questions. Yeah. And, so we started uh, this. Oh um, we started this pretty much this week. We've recorded. This is the third episode that we have recorded this week. Okay. But All they right. get. You know, they get backlogged and put out weekly. So the public hasn't heard this yet. Oh. Um, so it's just 10 questions. They're kind of short, 
short questions, but sure. if you if you have a long answer, that's completely fine. The long the last one is a longer winded question. Um, okay. But since we're on the topic of beer, the first question is going to be, "What's your drink of choice?" Could it doesn't have to be beer, doesn't have to be alcohol, just what is your drink What's of choice? Your go-to? And, you know, we'll start with Jordan, then go to Josh. Sounds good. So my drink of choice is bourbon. I'm a Blanton's guy. I, I usually go home and have a nice little Blanton's on the rocks or there something like that after a long day. So I'm, I'm definitely a bourbon guy first and then an IPA guy. So I okay. definitely enjoy IPAs and stuff more during the summer and hotter months, like yeah. after a round of golf or, you know, sitting after a hole in one by Justin Bedard. Yeah. Like that, yeah, you know? yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously that's kind of the, that's my go to. I'm an IPA guy uh, as well when I drink beer. Um, but honestly, I'm not opposed to any type of beer. Really, All right. I'll drink anything. So. Yeah, but bourbon first. That's so do you, me. do you mess around with? Uh, I'll let you in a second. But do you mess around with like any like of the like the bourbon barrel aged stouts and stuff like that? I, I haven't too much. I just taste them a little bit here yeah. and there if someone yeah. offers them, but I don't really go looking for them. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I'll have them here and there, yeah. and they're obviously they're they're good. You know, there's there's barrel aged wine and stuff like that that you can drink too. Mm, that absolutely. I'll that I'll it's dive true. into for for dinners and stuff like that. So well, I'm definitely kind of a bourbon barrel aged type of guy. Like I'll, I'll always kind of look for that stuff so yep yeah i don't know if it's the you know the highest of quality of bourbon whiskey barrel but we got some whiskey barrels yeah, right here. Yeah. i noticed Absolutely. that earlier i was wondering i was like how did you get these did you steal them from the factory or yeah. something just rolled them right <laughs> out they, they, they were full? full when we got them <laughs> uh josh yeah drink good choice well i mean i'm not a very big um alcohol drinker i mean a lot Doesn't of it's have just to be an alcohol well, drink. Well, no i know <laughs> um because, you know, I'm very big into fitness, but um, if it's booze and it's just kind of hanging out, uh, there's a couple of them. I would narrow it down. I've been big on doing a little bit of uh, the Terramana tequila on the rocks, courtesy of the rock. Um, <laughs> both, both of his, I mean, both of them are good. Uh, it's smooth. It's, it's a something. fitness thing. Yeah. Yeah. For me, yeah. I, 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 fitness. I like it. it it's, it's been smooth and it's something, I mean, I'm a lightweight, so I don't take squat to get me <laughs> gone, drunk. Um, but then, yeah, we'll you know, see how you yeah, do yeah, after you a couple of days. You took advantage of that. Yeah. Um, but then, what's uh, the story there? Oh, Dick Nicolo Cup. He he uh, uh, he patted his team. That's why I lost. But uh. <laughs> I got him. I got him a little drunk when we were picking our uh, Dick Nicolo Cup rider team, our big rider cup at the club. Oh, there you go. And uh, yeah. had a few beers in him. Then we started the process. Yeah. And My he, team looked he, great he made some on sus- paper. <laughs> he made some suspect first picks in, in each division. So. Well, they were great on paper. It just didn't mean that they performed well. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that would be the alcohol drink of choice. And then non, oh, good old-fashioned Arnold Palmer. All right. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Arizona one, or like do you make your own? Oh, Arizona one. It's yeah, 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 I'm lazy. What are you talking about? A dollar, you know. So how do you, nine cents or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. How do you feel about the pre-mixed alcoholic ones? Those are pretty good. Yeah. Um, the one, I mean, they make, I think there's a couple different versions. There's like the Arnold Palmer version. Then there was like the John Daly one. Yeah. John the Daly Arnold, was like sugary, wasn't it? Uh, they're both sugary. The, yeah. But I found the Arnold Palmer one was definitely a little smoother and easier to get down. But very dangerous. Like mm-hmm. you could six, seven, eight of those. And I mean, it doesn't take anything to slug no. them back. And then before you know it, you know, you're they, a few are, deep. And tasty. then they had those out on the. Out in the cart this year, and they were a dangerous, dangerous Did? grab. Oh, they're yeah, because it's, <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> like it's so yeah. smooth that I mean, one hole you already have one down, and then before you know it, you're three, four, five, six deep, and then you're. And then oh you're man, <laughs> where's the golf ball? Uh, awesome. Um, favorite club in the golf bag? Any wedge. I'm a, right. I'm a wedge player, so like I. So you should do well on, at Wolf later. Well, it t- depends on how many beers I have, okay. you know. There you go. <laughs> but no, I, uh, wedge game. That's uh, that that's my uh, best part of my game. Anything like inside 100, 115 yards, I feel pretty comfortable that I'm going to get it pretty close. That's so that's like the best part of my game. <laughs> wedge yeah, and chipping in how many times in the uh pro pro streaky uh, i get yeah, streaky that's yeah, it yeah bullshit <laughs> um i would say for me uh and he'll probably agree with this i'd have to say the three wood that's what i was I, gonna I, say i, I was, was gonna say three wood too. I, I was banned from using my driver in a couple of events with him so i had the, the three wood and that was you were banned from using your driver oh yeah i, I wouldn't let him, I wouldn't let him hit it this way uh, <laughs> 
we played in a couple uh, pro pro team events, right? So he's my partner, and um, his three wood goes 280, 290 yards. And I said, why are you even hitting driver when you can't keep it on the planet? You know. Yeah. Hit the three wood. You yeah. play your strength. You know? Yep. So, he, so yeah, uh, I'd go with the three wood. Yeah, three wood right. is definitely yeah. good. That's what I was. I was. I was. I thought you were going to say putter maybe for some reason, and then I I was expecting three wood. For I me. was expecting driver. Oh yeah. No, well, because right. he picked three wood during. Oh, I hit driver in our three. Wait, no, 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 no. He, he did do driver. Club. That's you, why you I was expecting oh, driver. Right. That was during a good time when the driver that's was right. behaving. That's right. Driver. The um, three wood. I thought it was three wood for some it, reason. It's nah. for the most part ninety eight percent of the time it's been my go to. Yeah. If I can't hit the driver, I'm screwed. So then I just go right to. The we all wood. are. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep it on the planet. You yeah. know. Salty or sweet. Probably go with sweet. I'm, okay. a, I'm a sweet guy. Yep. Oh, that's easy. Sweets all day long. <laughs> for wow. you, for you, 100. percent Oh yeah, and Marissa would agree with that. She'd slap me if I said salty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, par three, four, or five. I'm gonna go par five. I always think as par fives as an extra chance in the bag, right? Mm-hmm. So like you, you know, you can hit a poor shot but still recover and either make par or birdie. Yep. So I'm always a big fan of par fives. Yeah, par fives, hundred percent. Because I can hook one out of bounds and still make par. So yeah, there's less room for error on par yeah. threes and fours. I, I look yeah. at it that way. You almost you have an extra shot out of par five if you hit one a little sideways and you can kind of recover. You know? Yeah, the one par four answer was short par, uh, short par. That short, short par, par four. four. <laughs> the, the, the short, short as in defined par. as in like two eighty and less. Is that what they're trying? To I think so. Par yeah, four? yeah, 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 yeah. Drivable par four. Yeah, yeah, that was that was their answer. Yeah. no par threes, no regular par fours. No. Yeah, number, I still think it's number one. It's still a hard. You, most likely, if you don't get it on the green, you still have to pitch it or chip it close if you're around the green which could be tough if it's a drivable par four mm-hmm. i always think a, a par five you have a room for like one bad shot yeah you, know, you can recover and still yeah. get on the green and in regulation and have a chance for a birdie or something like that yeah, yeah you're never really out of a hole on a par five yeah right um black coffee or cream and sugar cream and sugar for me Oh, that's tough because I've been on the cream and sugar kick right now. Or, well, cream and Splenda, but um, I'm black coffee. Cream and uh, Wait, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Back up. So you're on a cream and fake sugar kick. Right now, yes. How does But one, you're a black coffee guy. How, yeah, I'm more because it's because well, Marissa's been making my coffee in the right, morning. So, so but you don't. I'm a black coffee guy. Same. If I get a coffee with cream and sugar, it's going in the trash. Like when. When you go grab a coffee somewhere, don't check it before you leave, and you get out of there, and I try and take a sip oh. of it, there's cream and sugar in it, nope, it's gone. I'll do like the like the lattes, but I don't like, that's not like coffee to yeah. me. Oh, you know? it's black coffee 90% of the time. If Marissa's making it, and she already basically has the cream pretty much poured in, I'm like, all right, whatever, I don't care, just give me the damn thing, I'm going to drink it, it's caffeine re- Fair and, enough. I mean, he knows how much caffeine I take in. It, yeah. It's guaranteed. He takes black it's, coffee a lot when I... When, oh, oh, it's it's he, yeah. 7 o'clock in the morning, coffee. Probably by noontime, there's another one. 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Hell, I might even have another one by you 5. Know, you know what I wonder is like... And I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you disagree. But I feel like a lot of people who like... They drink coffee and then they're like, Oh, I really... I need a coffee right now. Like they start to get headaches and stuff. And like sometimes that happens for me. But I almost wonder if it's more of the, the sugar high that you get because I don't always like if I don't drink coffee right away in the morning I'm kind of fine but I know people who rely on it I don't know do you I get the shakes if I don't okay never it. mind that's <laughs> I, I agree 100 I've tried to lean off on caffeine I think it's just the caffeine intake yeah. Yeah. Caffeine? Yeah. Caffeine. I get the I get a if I don't have at least a cup of coffee in the morning I get a little jitter my yeah. hands start yeah. waving a little bit yeah because it it does affect the brain but i do deeply i do think that people, <laughs> it is a drug i do think that people who are loading up their coffee with sugar i mean now you're getting it from both sides yeah, you're getting that sugar agree. dependency as well as the caffeine yeah, yeah it's not good yeah but i still do it every day yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways not a nutrition podcast yeah. <laughs> um teas on par threes yes or no uh yes yep barely sticking out i mean like so like just, broken tea or yeah i'd use a broken tea most of the time absolutely 95% of the time I'm too lazy to put one in the ground and I drop the ball. No tees. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, spicy or sour? Ooh. I'm a spicy guy. Yeah. Yeah. Spicy for sure. You know, I like a, I like a little uh, spicy Mexican or something like that every now and then. So definitely spicy for me. 
Oh, yeah. Definitely spicy, hands yeah. down. Oh, All right. Yeah. Uh, music on the golf course. What's your take on that? Yes or no? I personally enjoy it. Um, I think it's great. Obviously, within reason, right? So, like, you got to go out there. There's still a bunch of other people playing golf that may find it distracting. So, you got to have it within reason. Maybe it's just for your own group to hear it. But I enjoy it. It's great. Kind of yeah. gives you some sort of rhythm to play mm-hmm. golf to. Uh, you know, obviously I know it's not allowed in tournaments and stuff like that, but I love it when I just go out and play with my friends and, you know, just to have a little music in the background. I think it's great. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, music, it's great. I mean, we're trying to grow the game and get the game more people active and in it. And if music gets more people there, I'm fine with it. But again, within reason, you know, if it's just your group and your whole that can hear it, that's fine. When I can hear it three, four fairways over, yeah. this isn't a live concert. Yeah. You know, that, that's when it that gets point. to be a little distracting. Yeah. Especially if your taste in music's a little different than the person that's four fairways <laughs> over, you know. That you know, yeah. I don't want to be listening <laughs> to Beethoven. No. So. <laughs> I don't know who would listen to Beethoven on the golf. You'd be surprised. There might be somebody out there. <laughs> Dials him in, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Get some refocus. Pineapple on pizza? I don't like fruit on pizza. I'm a meat, cheese. That's it. No fruit. Yeah, I don't know whoever invented that. Definitely <laughs> pineapple on pizza. This pineapple taste in the beer is fine, but not yeah, on the pizza. Right, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one uh, is craziest golf or drinking story or both. Ooh, but the we both, all know the both, sometimes they go hand in one, hand. You get one or the other or a combination. Gotta think about that for a second. Gotta think about that for a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead if you're ready. Uh, Yeah, we'll go with the drinking story. It wasn't really golf related. That's fine. Um, So this one was uh, when my buddy Andrew turned 21. um, We were up in Boston because he was going, I think it was Boston College at that time. And we went out for his 21st birthday, went to a bar, and we all had fun. Well, at Let's see, we got there at like 10 o'clock at night, whatever, 12, 30, 1 o'clock, we're leaving. We're walking back to his apartment, and my phone's going off. And I'm like, who's calling me at this point in the morning? And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. Well, I didn't realize it, nor did anybody else in the group, but we were missing one man by the time we got to the <laughs> apartment. And as we're walking down literally the, at, <laughs> I love that like, you just like, just realized just it. Walk then. down whatever the alleyway to his apartment. There's two Boston PD cruisers sitting there and I'm sitting there going, Oh crap. And then I looked down at the phone again and it's one of our buddies, Ben. I answer it and he goes, Hey, where are you guys? We're walking down the alleyway right now. Oh, okay, good. I'll see you in a couple minutes. Well, they're questioning him right by the cruiser because he decided to take off at about 12 o'clock that night and go back to the apartment, and he waited for somebody to open the door to go back into the apartment because it's a locked complex. He passed out on the staircase. And because he was wearing flannel and he had, like, this long beard going on and he literally looked like a hobo, (laughs) somebody called the cops thinking it was some homeless guy trying to get into an apartment. So we get there and we're talking with the cops and, and I'm freaking out because I'm like, all right, I'm a Connecticut guy. I shouldn't be here in Massachusetts right now. And I'm like, this it is going to be bad if I end up getting arrested for nothing I did. And we're trying to talk to the cops and be all like, really, you're like, at that point, you're trying to sober up. You're like, OK, sober face on. And the cops really didn't care. We, no. were just, we just said to him, like, yeah, apparently he took off. We didn't know about it. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you guys going back out to the bars? No, we're done for now. We're calling it a night. And the guy's like, all right, all right, good, man. Little fist pump. And I'm like, really? That's it? That's, that's it. all? Slap and on I, the wrist? Not even, like, not even okay, a slap on the wrist. Sweet. It, that was, I would say that's probably the craziest drinking story I have. Yeah. Did your friend go and get a haircut after that so he looked less homeless? Um, <laughs> he ended up passing out that night, and he doesn't really recall some of it, but I think somebody <laughs> took a shaver to him and kind of trimmed the beard off a little bit. So There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, I have uh, – there's 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 many stories that I probably can't even say at, oh, uh, on, the, <laughs> on the podcast, but uh, we'll say, like, the, the a drinking story, which I'll kind of cut short because it was just a bachelor party in Vegas. So that's pretty okay. much all that <laughs> needs to be said. Uh, <laughs> my friends kind of took me out and 
we explored Vegas. We had a great night. You know, first night, I remember kind of walking home and, uh, you know, we're, there was bars on the street and then we woke up and we did it all over again and literally for like three or four straight days. We had such a good time that, uh, you know, it was snowing back in Connecticut, like pretty much the day we were supposed to leave. So we decided to delay it a day. Take another day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, uh, that was right around Super Bowl, wasn't it? Uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, uh, that, was a, that was a good time. And then basically just a short story about golf is we do a golf trip to Arizona with the boys um, every year around Super Bowl and waste management. So uh, we had a, a great time with a bunch of the guys uh, a couple years ago. And the night before the waste management, you know, we had played some drinking games, had some fun getting ready to go to the waste management, and half of our crew didn't make it to the waste <laughs> management the next day. Yeah, we woke up and well, three too of the, much fun. The names will be left unsaid, but uh, the oh, uh, they know who they are. They know who they are, <laughs> and uh, we basically they they woke up and were ready to go and said, nope, can't get in the car, can't do it. So half oh, of them didn't man. make it. We went, we we saw the waste management, and then. Uh, Obviously played golf the rest of the week, and uh, basically one of the one of the stories was we had a frost delay one morning and in Arizona in, a, in, in Arizona. Well, it's hot, high up there, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, not it's not bad. We were in the Phoenix area, so oh, it wasn't okay, too bad. Right, but it was right, one of those right. colder weeks, right? Okay. It was like right. 30s in, in the morning. They got up to 60 or 65 during the day, and we, you know, found a bar that was open at 11 morning. You know, paid twenty two dollars for a double screwdriver in in the morning, and we had a few of those throughout the day, and they were very potent. And then How'd we tried play? to play. I played okay on the on the first eighteen. We decided to go have lunch and play another eighteen, and half we didn't even finish nine holes. We could. <laughs> One of our guys barely stood up the whole time. So that was a, it. Was a good time in Arizona, we'll say. And the boys know who they are. Obviously, we're we're planning to do it again soon. But it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'd love to like go out to the the WM Open like that just sounds like it's such a, a it's a different type of tournament yeah. like it is it, you know you go to the travelers or you've been to another tournament maybe in Massachusetts like a you know an open or something like that this is different yeah. it, they just do it they know how to do it right it's it's awesome and it's not just the 16th hole I mean there is just a lot of hills and stuff where you can like just watch really good golf and yeah. you know there's desert and mountains everywhere and you got views to like a bunch of different holes it's it's a lot of fun and they just know how to do it they have everything set up there there's stands there's food and drinks all over the place and you know people there's have zero waste there's event. zero waste there you go yeah. <laughs> exactly so it, it's uh it works well for that too which yeah. is great it's Arizona they doing yeah, Arizona. Arizona is a great place to play golf. Regardless, so. yeah, yeah. How how do you guys feel about uh, the whole rangefinder thing that is going to happen at Kiwa Island this year? Yeah, I'm kind of torn. I'll be honest. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, I think it takes away from stuff. You know, I, I think that you don't need it. You know, I think their goal is to try to speed up play. Right? Do you think it's going to though? I don't. I think no. I think it's just going to make more conversation oh, and, yeah. and make more doubt for people. Yeah, and Shambo there, man, that's going to be a six and a half hour round. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of stuff going through his head. But I mean, you got <laughs> you, you you have range finders with slope too, right? That right. Are, are not going to be allowed. So if somehow they're actually playing golf with a with a slope on by accident for some reason, okay. what happens there? Do they get disqualified? They should. Nope. Right. Because you're not, it's not allowed, right? So, you know, I just—it's a gray area for me. I think you, you don't need it personally. Um, I understand the kind of why they're doing it, but I don't think it's actually going to speed up play. I think you know? it's gonna make it slower. I think so too. Because then, like you, you say, like you're not allowed to have the slope in in the rangefinder. So you got the number, and then you're like, well, now they're gonna spark a conversation like this is the exact number, but how is it playing and all this stuff? And I think between the player and caddy, it's just gonna spark a longer conversation. Than they're gonna have would. the same conversation about front of the green back of the green middle of the green flag to a spot right they're right, still yeah. going to have that same conversation yeah. and you can't shoot certain spots around the green right they have their books and stuff like that or notes that they actually go by which that's kind of what helps them those guys are so good they can hit those types of numbers a rangefinder to a flag is great but they don't really know to like the back of the greener because they can't shoot that with the rangefinder ah. you know so, so they're like still gonna, it's they're still going to be multi it's just another conversation it's one more step yeah. now it's almost like one more step is basically process. to agree with you there's like one more step it's just going to create more conversation i think you know to say where do i need to hit it to i don't think it's needed to be honest personally do you think we'll see some guys not using them probably I mean, I personally think I, I don't see it really being needed. I mean, these guys, week in, week out, they're there at the event ahead of time. Most of the time they're in. Some are there Sunday night, 
Monday morning, whatever it is, you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to prep. All right. Between you and your caddy, you should be able to kind of get a lay in the land. Mm -hmm. They also have these yardage books that are ridiculous. Like when we get them from, for some of our section events, my head's blown on what's on there for numbers. And it gets very confusing unless you're somebody that knows how to really read these things. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you have numbers on there to like carry the front edge of the green, carry a hazard. And these guys are there ahead of time. I think you're true professional with a good caddy or great caddy. They're already there. Half of them have old yardage books that have numbers in there. They don't really need it. Now, for like us every day, you know, pros, if we qualified to get there, okay, I could see us maybe having that being able to we're also get used that. to using them right you know? we're like used that, to using them they don't they events. don't need to use them they're right. and they're so good they know they're kind of what they're hitting based on their books yeah. and stuff like that. i would say my more my gripe right now would be it's the distance insight report yeah that's what i have a bigger issue with yeah. right that was gonna now be my next question um, that was gonna be my next question and i mean rory came out and stated it. I think Justin Thomas as well. Um, Rory's statement was fantastic. It, it was. It's, it was right it. on the money. He hit it right, right, right on the right money. On the right money. On the I mean, we as professionals. I mean, and Mark probably might have said this as well. We're trying to grow the game, right? We want people to stay in the game of golf, all right? And you're talking for the average golfer right now. The handicap has not dropped in. The average handicap has not dropped in. 50 years probably it has yeah. probably stayed right around one stroke of what the average is and you're telling me that the distance that a guy can hit it farther now than he did 20 years ago is making him better when the handicap hasn't dropped at all i mean you're you're, you're talking a point or one percent of the population that can hit it 350 yards it's like yards. 0.01 right? it, it's, it's such a small percentage it's of such a small number yeah but it's I think you, if you wanted to do something, you need to do it strictly towards the pro tour. You can't do it across all it's, aspects of the game. It shouldn't be a USGA across the board rule. You're, no. you're gonna you're gonna kill the sport. That's kind of why I was shocked to see that it was the USGA and not the PGA Tour. Correct. Yeah, it doesn't right. make any sense to actually, you know, for guys, uh, you know, that are playing golf daily, amateur golfers that range from zero handicaps to forty handicaps. They're always looking for distance. That's right. what they want, right? right? So, like, that's what helps. The, you know, like, you lose distance as you continuously grow older. You, you're not necessarily gaining distance, right? So why would you take that away and limit that when that's what's growing the game? People want to see distance or want to be able to play golf courses. You know, listen, there's tees that you can play, you know, different tee markers and stuff like that. But, you know, bottom line is, you know, people want to gain distance, and that's what's kind of actually growing the game for a lot of people out here. Juniors like to see Bryson DeChambeau and JT and DJ hit these 350-yard drives. They're like, I, I can go do that, right? right. Well, you're going to limit that now and, and make them say, okay, well, we don't want you to hit 350. Right. And, and DJ versus a kid that's 10 to 12 years old is a lot different. This In the distance, at the end of the day, it's still the flat stick that makes the difference. You can hit it 350 yards all day long, but if you can't putt, you're not going to win tournaments. And yeah. if you could tell me, like I, I'd say this, and this is my defense on it, if distance was such a issue, DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, and how many other countless tour pros that average well over 300 yards would yeah. be winning week in, week out, but they don't. Well, you gotta. You might want to take Dustin out of that equation. Well, we'll see what he does this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. He's that's been true. hot, yeah. but I mean, yeah. when you look at it, you have countless amount of guys. I think. At, a, it's. I think a good point was Brendan Todd last year, who's like a t- middle to bottom yeah. driving distance, won like three tournaments in a row. Yeah. Right. Like what the, the guy doesn't hit it long. Yeah. But he still won three tournaments in a row. Yeah. So, like, you can't say that they're taking over the tour and winning all the time because no. there's guys that are average distance uh, for driver. And I think it's evolving, winning. but it's not like... Yeah, it's, but it's, it's not, not over the norm. No, no it's But not. everyone gets to go with the way it's evolving, yeah. right? right? So right. that's the that's more fun. You want to play what, like, these guys are playing, too. Like, right. I just don't see it, you know, there's limitations on it already. Keep the limitations that were already there. It's honestly, like... 
the USGA even doing that study is almost taking golf backwards in directions. Yeah. Like, and to me personally, it seems like, you know, it's some of the older generation being upset that the younger generation is hitting the ball so far and they're like, we need to do something about this. Do I think it was important to have a discussion about is distance going to become an issue in golf? Yes. The fact to spend that much money on a study and then come up with this whole... And not use it for something else. Exactly. And spend, you know, that could have been money spent trying to get new golfers into the yeah, game. Yeah, like, like Rory that, said, grassroots. Yeah, that, that would have been a much better way to go about it rather than putting this huge study out that probably won't end up becoming anything, hopefully. But at the same time, it's it's so pointless for the average golfer. I agree, 100%. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Now, to kind of talk about uh, growing the game, you guys are, are kind of in the process of working on a program right now do you think you could talk a little bit about that yeah yeah we can uh, definitely give you so, like kind of a brief synopsis of what's sure. going on it's still in the works um but is going to happen this year it's called oak c uh opportunity and access for kids of color and it's a program that was brought to our attention by a couple members at manchester <clears throat> and they basically came to us with this idea to give access to the golf course and, and basically learning the game of golf to kids of color which is an unbelievable idea you know I was 100% on board when I first heard about it um, and we just kind of met a few times and tried to outline what we want to do um, and we've also met with the town of Manchester since you know Manchester is a municipally owned golf course um, you know that the members you know rent from uh, obviously the town so you know we went to the town and the town's working with us uh, and really kind of taking the reins with it which is great and uh, the promotion of that is going to be coming out probably within the next couple months and it's really getting um, the kids in Manchester uh, on board. So we're looking basically to get 10 kids and parents, uh, if available, to participate in this six-week program. And it's going to be two hours once a week, um, really kind of like an inclusion-type program and basically getting these kids there. And at the end of it, there's a lot of good surprises that we'll kind of keep under wraps for now. Nice. Um, yeah. But uh you know, there's a lot of good stuff within the program, and um, you know, we just want the, the kids to have access to or a chance to play golf, and maybe they wouldn't have that chance without knowing this program. So we hope it kind of grows and it becomes bigger, and we can do more. But we want to start with kind of ten and, and see where it goes from there. And honestly, it's uh, it's something I'm happy to be a part of. So it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting opportunity. Um, I mean, there's a lot of PGA programs out there. I mean, you have, uh, like, First Tee. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, Drive, Chip, and Putt. And then, you know, when it comes to some of the other stuff, we have, you know, PGA Junior League. We do um, the Lady Spring Clinics, Fall Clinics. And so there's a lot of opportunities to get golfers into the game. I think this in particular kind of being geared towards one avenue in getting new golfers into the game that really maybe didn't have the opportunity to before. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great. That's a big uh, thing, man. I mean, at the end of the day, like I, I say, you know, some people always ask, you know, what drives me or you to put in the long hours? And, you know, for me, it's growing the game. All right. I love to see people, the smile on their face when you go to the lesson tee and they're struggling and they're like, mm, Jordan will probably say the same thing. Man, I can't hit the ball, da da da, or I can't hit the broadside of a barn, whatever it is. And then it could be a quick five minute fix that you see. You tell them, they fix it, and the smile that's on their face or, or the laugh that comes out where it's like, wow, I didn't know that's what was wrong. Yeah. And it's so simple, or it could be a little more complex. And that's why you do what you do is to be able to keep people there and get them enjoying it again. No, that's awesome. And I think, you know, that's something that we saw this year with our in between nine segment is we were bringing people out who had maybe never played the game or had played the game once or twice. And when they hit that one shot, there was like, Oh my God, look at where that went. And yeah. their whole face lights mm -hmm. up and it's glowing. And it's like, that's what the game's about. And I think that teaming up with, you know, Manchester, which is the host town and all that is awesome because it gets back to the community aspect of right. golf. Absolutely. Yeah. And yep. I think that's something that's extremely important and not just the municipal courses and, you know, courses owned by town or state or anything along those lines, but 
courses in a community, giving back to the youth and trying to develop that, that's a that's an investment for them too, because turning those kids into lifelong golfers will keep them coming back over and over again and teach them the rules of golf, um, the level of respect that you learn out on a course, how to develop relationships right. with people you're playing with. So I, I mean, that sounds yeah. like a terrific program. As, as we know, golf's a game of integrity, right? So yep. like, you know, that's a great thing to teach anybody and, and kids in general. Uh, they, they learn a lot from, from that. And like you talked about, just to kind of develop relationships and stuff. You know, I think it's great. It's an, it's an awesome opportunity. I was happy to hear the idea. And uh, I think this is a great time to do it. Um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, I'm hoping for the best and we can get, a you know, a bunch of kids no. over the years. Um you know, but to get 10 this year would be an awesome first start. So we'll see what happens. But uh, obviously, we'll keep you guys posted on, on how it goes. And, yeah. You know, I think there's some some good stuff to come, even like I said, after the program's complete that uh, that we can kind of share a little bit later once we once we get going. Yeah. Any way with, that we can help. You Just know, let we, us we know. We would love to help. Yeah. Awesome. You know? Definitely. Um, so uh, something that I guess has been kind of like just brewing in my mind while we've been having this conversation, especially because you said Manchester is a municipal golf course. I've, I've I've seen a lot recently on the internet where people like they hear country club and they think oh oh like you know snobby like you know the the like old the earlier. old guard yeah the yeah. the older the old guard yeah. yeah yeah but it's interesting because it's called Manchester Country Club but it's a municipal golf course which I don't think I've ever maybe maybe I'm just maybe I, yeah I've never I don't think I've ever seen that together and it's almost like it just it's like it's almost like an oxymoron in a beautiful way and you guys are doing this great thing like it just it doesn't matter what the the, the name of the golf course is as long as what is happening absolutely behind the doors is good yeah yeah you know? no you know get a little history like Manchester you know 19, 1917 golf course yep. was a private club a long time ago I'm talking you know 70 years ago right yeah. uh, turned you know semi-private so, uh, you know, semi-private, there is a membership, like you guys are members at Manchester Country yep. Club, but right. it's open to the public and there's town, you know, the residents and town resident yeah. days yep. and that stuff was, like that. Which is cool. That was the, actually the first day I brought Burke to play the course. Yeah. We played on Manchester Resident Day a couple of years ago. Okay. Which for those of you who don't know what resident day is at Manchester, residents of Manchester get to play for free. Correct. Yep. Correct. Yeah. So if you're a town resident, you just got to show proof of residency, play for free. We do three of them a year. Yep. Spring, wow, summer, I didn't fall. Know. I thought it was three. Two. I thought it was yeah. two. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, spring, summer, fall. And so basically just show proof of residency. We publicize it usually in a newspaper in the JI or something like that. Um, just let everybody know when it is. And then you have to just pay for a card if you want to ride. Other yeah. than that, you can just play. Pop play. it off that day. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. Is, which is another great way of getting people who may not normally play into the game. I mean, being able to offer that where people can show up and you know they may have a dusty old set of clubs in the garage or the attic and get out and just you know have a and have a good afternoon in that yeah round, they can turn around and be like oh, this, you know yeah yeah i think that's kind of what's happened you know uh obviously you know with the pandemic is you're seeing those people that maybe put put the clubs away for years or maybe played once a week, once every two mm. weeks, now play more often, and now they're getting way back into the game. And that, you know, just to kind of spin off of that, you know, Residence Day, you know, brings people back out to play golf, and, you know, they have a good round, and maybe they like it, and they start playing some more golf or getting into some different programs that they have. So, yeah, yeah it's a tremendous opportunity for, you know, the town residents to be able to get out and play golf. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny, you do see some. I don't want to say characters, but you, you do see some of the yeah. old clubs, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. when they come to the wooden sets. Yeah. You're oh, talking yeah. about the, what, what wait, stuff? what hickory or hickory. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, really? oh yeah. Like the old persimmon, persimmon headed. woods. Yeah. No I mean, yeah, maybe kidding. a steel shaft, but like mm, old persimmon oh, yeah. head. Yeah. We're talking those oh, like old canvas cool. bags. Oh yeah. It's pretty cool to see some of that. And it's cool. It's nice to see some new faces. Yeah. You know, that's, um, it's definitely a little different and it's funny. Like, You'll get some people, they check in, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got to get my round in. I haven't played since last year or whatever it is. And, and it's like the smile on their face and the eagerness or even when they call to make their tea time yeah. ahead of time, the eagerness that's just in their voice. It's it's nice. It's like they have. play that one day. They look forward to it. They look forward to it. That's awesome. Yeah. That is, that's absolutely awesome. Um, as, as far as kind of continuing that growth into the game and everything what are, what do you guys think are some other programs or some other ways that we can look at it from to keep people 
to try it to keep people involved like attract new i think that that's a big thing too is that there's a lot of people that may try the game once and it's not a game that you can try once and be like yeah i love that how do you keep people interested in coming back for more that's Mm. a good question Mm. well i mean me one thing i would say um and this is probably part of the younger generation you know um i mean it's tough it's it's an investment Mm -hmm. you know i mean it can get costly but like i've said to some people you don't need to buy brand new spanking set of clubs and spend you know a couple thousand dollars you can go to your local you know swing them again golf or whatever it is get some used clubs or even like us at the shop you know we have used stuff as well that you can purchase um, but I think some of it, like the top golf or the indoor golf simulator stuff, yeah, you know, if you get people starting there, if they're still intimidated on the going to a golf course factor, cause it's sometimes it's the factor of trying to keep pace and mm-hmm. you got somebody that's hitting behind you and you're freaking out that you're not able to keep up. All right, well go play some indoor golf. Yeah. Go to the driving range at top golf. I mean, unfortunately here in Connecticut, we don't have a top golf. But there's simulators there's popping tons up. of indoor yeah. simulators. I mean, we have one in Manchester. It's been great. Yeah, it and, has. and it gets <laughs> I mean, got my ass kicked by it. Pebble Beach. Um, <laughs> but Everyone it, does. It's yeah. definitely. I think that's something. It's not so much a program, but I think that's a great way to get people into it and kind of get you know feeling what golf's like and swinging and stuff of that nature. Um, but like I would say the vast majority you know the younger generation that's something like the techie side it's like you're playing a video game right we all i knew i grew up playing tiger woods all the time mm-hmm. and you couldn't wait to get out of school to go home log on and play against people online or whatever uh-huh. it is i mean so many indoor simulator stuff you can connect with other people across the country yeah so it's a great that's way true. to get some that people into the game yeah, I have friends like that won't play golf for the exact reason that you like. They play only on a par three course because they hate like holding up the people behind them. Right. They're like, no, won't do it. They can yeah. they can play golf. They just they're not that great, you know. Yeah. But they hate That's it. That's where you have to see a PGA professional will fix your. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, like Josh said, there's a ton of programs that you know everyone offers to to make people come back or at least feel comfortable playing golf, right? Mm-hmm. You, like you said, you know, how do you how do you keep bringing them back? And I think you just you open it up to make golf fun, right? So yeah. golf needs to be fun. Right. Yep. So it's whether that's like a, a par three challenge or a, a trick shot contest or a game night or some of some sort. Like you got to keep people engaged with certain things like that, and it's not just you know, members at a private country club or just a men's club or something like that it can be an open invitational to, to anybody, but just something that you're doing at a club to get people engaged is kind of where it's at right now, you know, at, at any type of club. So I think like, you know, there's different things I can do for like a skills challenge. You know, you got to think outside the box to yeah. get people there and, right. and, and want to do something maybe a little different. You know, we have, you know, there's PGA Junior League for juniors. There's a women's, uh, you know, beginner clinics that we've done um, that gets people that, you know, maybe were scared to go to a golf course and play golf or try golf, but you put them in groups and you and you make it more fun and you get them to play a few holes and they love it. Right. And all of a sudden those people are coming back and playing once a week. Yeah. So you have to keep using these introductory programs um, to get people that might be nervous to do it to get them there and have it have it be fun where they enjoy it and then they want to come out and they want to play golf and they want to be part of a yeah. league or part of Manchester Country Club or part of whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and just, you know, I think that's the type of thing that you have to keep people engaged somehow. And, you know, obviously Jeff said, you know, simulators are great because we live in Connecticut, right? So yeah. you need golf year-round yeah. as much as you mm-hmm. can, right? Because right. the winter months, people lose interest yeah. or forget maybe, about it they move yeah. on to another hobby yeah. they're, they're skiing or whatever snowboarding clubs away yeah yep. so you want to obviously if you have uh you know virtual golf or you know you offer you know some complimentary indoor lessons or you have yep. a hitting area or something like that it gets people still thinking about golf and gets them back there and you know you can you know obviously keep people engaged that way i think yeah and, and kind of spin off on it like with the with the introductory programs i think it, it some of it you know with that you, know, you can teach it all day long, but a lot of it also has to kind of somewhat do with the instructor. You need another? I mean, if you don't have <laughs> a um, instructor that ice cream or group of people that are teaching and coaching, they're kind of very lively and make it fun. It's part of that fun mm-hmm. aspect. I mean, you can have somebody that goes and teaches and coaches and just 
boring and dull. Okay, so this is how you grip the golf club, and this is how you're gonna line up. But then, if love, you're love spunky, that impersonation. Yeah. like if you go and you're spunky and you're like into it, got to be energetic. It's yeah, you, and, you know, you bring some energy to it. You can get people that want to stay, and that's like one of the compliments I get once in a while. I'm I'm very energetic. I'm constantly going. I don't sit still. Yeah. Like I do not do what like right now me sitting in a chair, I'm having I'm struggling with mm-hmm. it. But, we'll get you out soon. Um play well, play around on the green. You know, like <laughs> that's for me, I'm very energetic about it and it you can get like some people are like, Wow, you know, you're you're a little more spunky about it. You know, this is pretty fun. Yeah. Well, when you hear fun, it's like, Oh, all right, this all right, is cool. cool to do. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, this is right? something it's I want to be doing. Yeah. You know, that's I think that's one of those things, you know, I work hard, I strive towards is to make it fun. Because um, if it's boring at the end of the day, I remember when I played baseball, T ball, all that. Man, if my coach made it boring, guess what? I did not want to go to the next no. practice. I did not want to go to the next game. Like in this will keep, you know, you keep people engaged. And I, I think that that's something that's important for all golfers to take away, not just pros, not, not, you know, just great golfers, but the average golfer, whenever you're introducing someone to the sport and you're bringing them out there, whether it's their first time, their third time, anything, you know, if they're just getting used to it, don't focus on the nitty gritty of the rules. Let them get out oh, there. No, Let them hack away at it. Way too many rules. If, if they're struggling and you see it, tell them, hey, why don't you pick up your ball? Drop it up next to mine out in a fairway. Let's, and that's, I think, a lot of us that learn to play from our, you our know, parents, parents yeah. experienced it that way. And that's why it's stuck. And that's something that I try and do if I introduce someone or even someone that just plays every once in a while. Yeah. They're they a lot of times intimidated to go play with someone who plays regularly. Yeah. So just from literally the second you take your clubs out in a parking lot, focus on making it fun, joking yeah. around yeah. with them, huh. making the situation light, yeah. getting up to the first thing. And that, yeah. that's that's the whole point of it. That's why we're all out there is to have a good time. You're, we want to shoot a good score. But when you're going to play golf, time. you're you're trying to take a break from reality. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know whether it's actually going to the golf course and playing golf for nine holes, 18 holes, or if it's a lesson, they're taking a break from reality. Mm-hmm. And you have to be energetic and put a lot into it and make it fun. Because if you're not, that break from reality is going to suck. And then they're going to go right back to whatever it was, and they're not going to enjoy it, and they're not going to come back. Yeah, the more fun you make it, obviously, and, and keep them engaged, that that's what brings them back, right? You don't... You have to think outside the box sometimes with people that are just getting into the game and, and create different and fun environments and different games for them to want to come back and, and participate in it, you know? So, you know, we I think yeah. that's pretty much it to, to it keep fun. people coming back. But it's yeah, a good I mean, question. I like top, that question. That's a top good golf is basically just another version of a bowling alley. None of us are professional bowlers. We like to go do it every top, once in a while. Top golf, virtual golf, yeah. right? When you can eat, drink, and have fun mm-hmm. and play golf – it's awesome, you know. We that's what we did in Arizona. Yeah. Top, go- top, top golf, golf is our warm up. I've never go. been, never been. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah. Top. So top golf, they have one in Phoenix, right? So top golf, right out, right off the bat, we go in there, we fly in, get settled in the house, and then all of a sudden, we that's what that's our warm up area is top golf at night. You know, there I you wouldn't go. have gotten settled in the house. That would have been a straight turn right <laughs> to top golf right <laughs> from the airport. <laughs> I know. I, uh, we, there's one in New Jersey, and I think we're going to try and make the trip down or something. That, yeah, like I'd like to see how it works in, in the Northeast, because yeah. I know that that's the only one, I think, in the Northeast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Mark, we were talking about that with Mark. Yeah. I mean, I think he said he said it best. It's, it's just too cold up here, you know? It is. I yeah. wish yeah. that we could have it. Yeah, you still, you still got to be warm and comfortable and yeah. create an atmosphere that people want to go out and do right. it, right? So, yeah. like, if they say, okay, let's go out and play top golf, you're still outside. Right. You might be covered and you can have nice lounge chairs and a TV and getting food and drinks, but still gonna be cold. you're still going to be cold. It's going to be a lot of money yeah. to heat that with the just open face. Yeah. And I'm not sure how you're going to get the golf balls because there's a foot of snow out there. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw that when there was the heated driving range in Manchester. Like, oh yeah, that was that was short lived because you can only hit so many golf balls in the winter until you can't get them back. From exactly the snow. right, yeah, because yeah. they would close down <laughs> to basically wait till they could collect enough yeah. golf balls to start back over. Yep, um, exactly. I mean, that, that's the tough part being up in New England is there's not a I wouldn't say enough, but there's no direct correlation of being able to play golf outside in New England when there's snow on the ground. You only really have indoor golf. Yeah. 
and there's some people that are stuck in their old habits and no, I will not go for indoor golf. Dude, it's golf. You're That's swinging, you're hitting oh a golf my ball. My you know, dad. Josh has got the impressions going right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was like. when you get three quarters of a beer in, so. <laughs> we, went to, we went to Oakwood. Oh, like what? Oh, four or five months ago. Yeah, it was, for the first it was time. like November, I think. And I told him about it. I was like, we got to go. It's so much fun. He's like, I will never, blah, blah, blah. And then we post the video of playing on this, the track. And he's like, oh, hey, can we go? Can we go do that? That looks like a great time. I was like, I tried to tell you We've five months ago. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, come have a good time. It's a blast because, I mean, like with indoor golf and with the simulator. All right. So you guys played Pebble, right? Yeah. Uh, Lahinch right. and Pebble. All right, I like so the, the two hardest golf courses right. on the actual. I shot an too. Yeah, was pretty. That's good for. And then I shot a one off. <laughs> it's a blast because I mean, you can play some courses that you don't have access to go play. I mean, like if you try to go play Pebble Beach, you're gonna pay whatever an arm and leg to go play there. Hey, you know what? I just go right over to the indoor golf. I'm yeah. gonna pay X amount for my four hours, and I'm. You get basically almost the same experience. You get to kind Kinda. of see the course. Yeah. Because yeah. then if it's a lifelong goal for you to go to Pebble Beach. Yeah. All right. So 10 years down the road, when you actually step on the first tee you box, know. you're going like, I remember this whole. I remember this whole. Yeah. So it's, you know, with the indoor golf, with it, yeah. it gets yeah. you to be able to play some courses that you're never. Or, or it just wor- it works yeah. up here because we got snow on the ground. We can't yeah. play all the time, yeah. right? There, you know, if t- there's some courses that stay open year round and, you know, well, obviously. Yeah. Like, sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you end up playing snow golf and, and would yeah. not recommend. Yeah. And how yeah. many balls did you lose? Uh, I lost in how many holes? That must have been a workout. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, Holy God! He wore snowshoes. I wore snowshoes. I saw that. Yeah. Help. No, I think they were more effort. <laughs> mm. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was an experience. I'm not mm, like cross country skiing. Check that one off the list. Somebody, yeah. Someone somebody was out on the course. Out on the course crunch, yeah. Cross country. They do that skiing. a lot. We see that all the time in yeah. our place. Yeah, they do that a lot. I, mean, I noticed that. Like, like, uh, so the course hasn't been open, you know, officially. Um, but I've seen some people kind of walking around and stuff like that, like. We've, you know, we've played the long nine and there's just people that will come out, hit a ball, get back in their car <laughs> and then like leave. Or there's people just walking around the golf course with their dogs. Or in, there's in, people in playing December. the hole backwards towards the tee box from the green. Yeah, they're not supposed to be out there. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When the course is legitimately open, just give us a call because that's yeah. an, an issue we'd have to address. Yeah. All right, yeah. so we'll um, tell. Well, next yeah, time we see people, yeah, we'll people you like call. to, uh, you know, Manchester's, it's got a lot of open spaces for people to play, so they kind of jump on sometimes and try yeah. to hit a golf ball here and there, and, you know, there's still people playing golf, you know, and you can't really see it and stop it. You know, Manchester's an out and back course. So there's a lot of holes away. Yeah, they're you like 500 yards back. And I'm like, yeah, they're in Glastonbury. So, but yeah, basically, you know, you try to keep people from just jumping on the golf course and, and playing it, you know, when they're not supposed to, because yeah. obviously there's everyone else is playing yeah. it. But so people cross country ski. They, they do when the when there's a bunch of snow on the ground like now mm-hmm. they'll go they'll go all over the place which is fine yeah. when there's a when there's a foot of snow it, it gets you're a not little, gonna ruin the golf course no it gets a little sketchy when there's a few inches of yeah. snow and they try to do a few it you know snow and then it's ice yeah that, have you ever like have you ever caught somebody oh what's the craziest thing that you've like like caught <laughs> some yeah get yeah. someone in trouble like, for in the act the like oh, somebody calls the, a clubhouse the, like this is happening right now. Oh, I don't have one when somebody called me. Or well, whatever. I got or two. Found, I got two found, good yeah, ones yeah. for that one. You probably remember this one when I got the nine one one phone call of a guy that fell in the ravine behind the seventh green. Wait, what? Oh, in yeah. the hole yeah. back there? So there's yeah. there's a ravine behind the seventh green, as you guys know. And I got a phone call. This was my first year there too. So this was even worse part. He's out at the lesson tee, and at this point, John Cook was the old director of golf there. Like a golfer? They were both Ugh. out at the lesson tee. They so were fishing for golf balls. Yeah, they were the fishing ravine. for golf balls. Out but there. they're old. They were older. And they had There's slipped and fallen down yeah. in there. And then all of a sudden, I get a call from literally a 911 operator. Oh, yeah, we just got a phone call of somebody had fallen in a ravine. And I'm like, I thought it was a crank phone call but like, you got to be kidding me right now and i'm like well did they say where because i'm like i can't think of anywhere on the golf course besides one spot and and it was well, that one spot right and so then eventually all of a sudden here comes the fire department and the cops and i'm like well i can tell you how to get there but you're still gonna have to walk down in there 
because there's no actual road access no. point to get to seven there. is the worst possible right. spot. It, it's yeah. yeah the worst possible spot i would say that's probably number one and then number two was beginning of the year i think my second year there um I was doing a loop. It was like at six o'clock at night, and I was checking to see where all the carts were because I was missing a bunch of carts. And locked shop, I go out to do a little cart roundup, find out where they are, see if there's people trying to steal golf. Because unfortunately, with our layout, as you know, ninth is the farthest point away. Yeah. Right? And so people can kind of keep playing 10, 11, 12, 13, and then they might sneak back, or they'll keep playing the rest of the course. And then before I know it, I mean, they just played a full 18. They paid for nine. Right. Um, Don't give I, people ideas, yeah, Josh. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. There is someone I, on the ninth hole checking. There will be somebody there. Keep your receipt. <laughs> I trained our guys now, like when it gets to a certain point in the day, how to count backwards on our tee sheet to catch people that are trying to steal golf. And I had gone out one night, and I'm doing cart roundup, and I get to the 13th tee box or right around there and i see these kids on the 11th tee i did not remember seeing them at all checking in so i as soon as they saw me they took off because <laughs> they knew it was somebody that was marshalling on the course they took off to the parking lot and i blast up to the little parking lot area there and i park right behind their car and i go did you guys play for uh, golf earlier today Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we did. I go, you got your receipts? Uh, no, we weren't given one. I go, oh, what time did you tee off? Uh, and I go, trust me, I know you didn't actually pay to play because I was in the shop since 1 o'clock this afternoon. And I caught them, and I, I was nice. I gave them a break, but I got all their names and put it in the system. So if I had to run in with them again, guess what? Nice little 911 phone call to MPD, <laughs> and we'll take care of it. MPD. <laughs> and I do have the Jamaican lady story, too. That one was a good one. Yeah, well, I, I had to drive a golf cart out of a creek this oh, past year. Oh, that was year. last year. We played one. the next day after that and heard all about that from Why don't the person I remember we were this? playing with. It. Maybe you didn't play with me. Who Maybe. was it? Well, uh, I, we, we, yeah, I probably can't say It actually. was a group that was like kind of late at night. I was home, actually, but I live close to the course. So they called, and they said... Uh, I think it was Brooke in the shop. Yeah, and she was it like, was, "Hey, it was, yeah, it was Brooke and Cam. They were yeah, both working. they said, hey, there's a there's a there's a uh, cart in a creek by nine. I said, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, it's in the creek. And I said, what creek are you talking about on nine? There, there the would there be a golf cart. So obviously, as you go to the ninth hole, there's a creek right in front, and somebody had left the parking brake off, and the cart rolled into the creek on the right hand side. So I'm there with a couple members that were playing behind them. By the way, they didn't even tell anybody. We they just, just left they the cart. They left, left the cart. The group behind them had called oh. and said, "Hey, there's a cart in the creek." And they're like, "It's not our cart, but it's in there." Nope. <laughs> so I come out of the house in you know gym shorts and a in a in a t-shirt, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" So we're in there pushing the cart out in the mud of the creek, and I kind of ride up the side of the of the uh little creek and i get it out and i had to drive it out but that was uh oh that, that was yeah that was what? a pain i was playing with yeah. uh brooke's grandfather the next day oh yeah yeah and he was like he's like yeah the cart ended up down here <laughs> they said they left the brake off but it was uh, over here I'm like, yeah, yeah i did not okay. play that day no, i don't remember it, it that roll, it rolled in and it was this way in the creek that's what i heard it was like what? it was like straddling yeah. it no right? it was literally like it was in creek. the creek like <laughs> The whole you, thing. You could, yeah, the whole car. I look at it and I go, not like part of it, like in the creek like this. No, no. The cart was in the creek like oh this. Like yeah. front, front wheel, back wheel. The uh, front wheel is facing the woods so to the night wheel. Yeah, all like yeah, running sideways. downstream. That's yeah. what I'm saying, though. Like all front four, wheel <laughs> and back wheel are in the oh, yeah, creek. All four tires yep, in the creek. All, yeah. all four wheels. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Luckily, it was pretty dry, right? So there was enough grass <laughs> that you could push it and drive up the side of it, and we got it out. How but did I, I was not like, "Thank this. God for a dry side." Oh my God! Yeah, oh so that was God. a pain. But that was uh, that was a yeah. That one. Oh God, I've got. <laughs> There's a I've, bunch of stories. I've got but, too many. So oh yeah, I can imagine. It's probably <laughs> there's probably a new hours. one every week. Yeah, for real. Oh, yeah, especially summertime. Um, one last question to just kind of wrap everything up. And we kind of, we've been touching upon it the whole time, but sure. maybe if we could get a, a different spin on it is what what is one thing that the, each of you think that the game of golf can improve on? It's a good question. 
Um, that could be on any level. Yeah. Which we've talked about almost every money is for that one. Yeah. What I, I think works. just, you know, inclusion everywhere. Yeah. Right? Mm. So, you know, my personal perspective is it is you just want you, you need to include as many people in the game as possible to keep it growing. And, you know, that is from everything that you can think of when you hear the word inclusion, right? You don't have to expand on it. You know what that means. Yeah. So um, it, it's it's every type of person that wants to play golf, get them involved. There's that, like I said, we've expanded on it with different programs that every golf course runs. But I think golf can be better at it. You know, I think we've done some stuff and I think we can do more. And I think golf courses in different country clubs or public courses and uh, semi-private courses can do more and create more different, you know, different avenues to get more people in the door. I would probably have to second that in the inclusion factor. Um, I mean, it's you have some people, the old stigma, you know, the old school golfers that, you know, they don't want juniors on a golf course. Like they refuse to see kids on a golf course. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. Right. And, and makes no sense. And it, right. And it makes no sense. And it's I used to play like thirty six right. holes a day. And it's frustrating I, I because up, and they wanted to just right. see it. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I mean, from my perspective, a junior on a golf course if we keep them there playing golf, all right, that's going to be a member that it's the future is at of the your club, club. All right, that's the future. That's the a future, future of the member. Industry. That's what's going to keep golf going. Now, if we turn around and say, "Hey, guess what? Sayonara. No, you can't play." You're closing the door on them. Less restrictions, more inclusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Awesome. The more the more you do that, you're, you're going to get any type of person involved in golf. Right. You know. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're about to play a game called Wolf, if you guys have time to, which is putting and chipping around the screen. And That's up to you. Whoever wins, wins. Oh, I'm in. Let's do it. Uh, he's in. I got he's plenty He got here and he started practicing. Yeah, he was, I, he was feeling listen, the speed I got, of the green. I got, I got the note from my lefty partner, Mark Bayram, said these guys are pretty good at Wolf, but they get you drunk, so you gotta, we got to make sure that you get yeah, them the, early. That's yeah. why we you do it. You need another beer over there? I need a refill. Yeah, he needs a refill. All right. Uh, podcast drops Thursday as always video drops Friday we'll see you on the next one